it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hi everyone, Trey Harrison here and welcome back to the WTF1 podcast and welcome to another edition of Hot Takes Wednesday. As I said, I am your host, Trey Harrison, and with me is our another new co-host, Kieran Oak. So good to hear you, man. How's it going? Hello everyone. How are you all doing, Dre? It's an absolute pleasure. And of for, those of you, for those of you who are listening to this podcast, not expecting different people to be here, um, I'm very sorry for the news you're about to find out about. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's not through lack of trying, we promise. But um, hopefully you can get used to us as new faces and new personalities on the show and continuing the incredible vibes and legacy that Tom and Matt have left behind. Trust me, we're more than aware um, of all of that. We we hear you when it comes to your responses and all of that. We are doing our level best, of course, to try and pick up where they left off. And we can't wait to get started. We're, we're, we're nervous and we're excited at the same time. And yeah, look forward to get going. So let's get into Hot Takes Wednesday first and foremost now. Quick heads up on a small change we've got. We've now got the new Spiceometer, um, where we will now assess the takes that you've sent us in um, on a new scale. Uh, we've got cold, mild, tangy, hot, and spicy for the spiciest of takes that we'll get into over the course of the next uh, half hour or so. So let's see what you guys have sent us and let's get into it so we're firing a little bit blind here on these takes we're going to react along with you uh, as you're listening in as well so let's see how we go first take coming up from a at connor c underscore zero one the take is nick the freeze will be the highest scoring rookie this season nick the freeze will be the highest scoring rookie this season so kieran what do you make of that one so obviously I can only start off by giving initial impressions and then I'll work my way towards a more solid, balanced and reasonable answer. <laughs> but my initial reaction is no, I, I I can't see that happening. And this is not to question Nick DeVries in the slightest. I think he's a very talented driver. Obviously, we'll see a lot more of him next year and we'll see him in a Formula One car consistently throughout a season. And then you can make more of a judgment of where he's at personally. Mm. But, there's kind of two places my head go to when that when I heard that statement. The first being Alpha Tauri have been incredibly disappointing. And I, I think possibly under the radar disappointing last season. Yeah, I'd say so. Because obviously we were talking about the high highs of the Red Bull, the low lows of the Williams. But the drop-off between the Alpha Tauri of 2021 and the Alpha Tauri of 2022 was absolutely staggering. And very confusing to me with, you know, the partnership with Red Bull, how can it be, how could they've got it so wrong in comparison to Red Bull? Mm. Um, and it's, it's a shame because I think drivers like Yuki Tsunoda, for example, he's under the spotlight and he was given a car that even if he was driving really well, we can't really tell him. Mm. Gasly, it's not scuppered him really, because he's obviously got a seat at Alpine and I'm expecting him to have a pretty good season. Mm. But, I think there would need to be a remarkable, remarkable jump up in that car to be pushing Oscar Piastri for points, because that's my second point. Mm. What a segue. 
I'm yeah. a natural at this. Of course. Um, <laughs> my second point would be, I just think, Oster- in my head, Oscar Piastri fits into that McLaren team incredibly well. And that's something we kind of touched on the other day in the office, Dre. Mm. Um, I, I, ju- I just think if anyone's going to go into the McLaren car, there's issues that come up. We talk about Daniel Ricciardo, what went wrong with him. And in my opinion, it was he was used to a certain car, a certain way of driving because he'd been in the game for quite a while. And Lando, the way it was set up for him, even though it's not Lando's preferred setup, it's geared towards him, didn't suit Daniel. Yeah. So I think maybe a lack of versatility at this point in his career um, may have been the issue and what caused that big points divide. Yeah. However, I think Piastri will come in and want to lead as strong as possible and adapt to whatever he can and will throw everything. So I think Piastri will be the top point scorer. Yeah, um, I mean, okay, we've got a, a group of three here. It's going to be Nick DeFries, Oscar Piastri, McLaren, and then obviously Logan Sargent at Williams. Those are your three rookies. I mean, I'll get the Logan Sargent point out of the way real quick. Um, I think Williams, I mean, they're still probably the lowest of, of the teams on the constructors leaderboard right now. I mean, Albon had a couple of really, really good drives, and even then they could just barely get the Williams into the points. Um, so I think that might be a big ask um, for Sargent to regularly outscore um, the Alpha Tire, which is just definitely a strong car in general. Um, I'm inclined to agree with you on the Piastri side of things. It's a tough deal. I mean, if Daniel Ricciardo um, has struggled with that by comparison to Lando Norris, I mean, there is, you know, a fair amount of talk that um, you know that car is hard to drive, and the disparity between Norris and Ricardo was what was so startling to me more than anything else. So Piastri, I mean, don't get me wrong, he is about as good a junior level talent as you could ask for. He won three straight junior titles along the road up, you know, Formula Renault, Formula Three, Formula Two, but he's also taken a year out, so that might also go against him. I don't think this is a massively wild take. Uh, is, is my initial gut feeling. Um, it depends on what comes out of Alpha Tauri because from the last two years, I could see that on a good day, Alpha Tauri was challenging the upper end of the midfield with Gasly. There was obviously not just the Monza win, but also a couple of times like Zandvoort 21, where he was running fourth and up there with Ferrari. So I'm not sure if the 2023 Alpha Tauri is going to have that level of upside because when you're in the midfield, all it takes is two or three really big days over a season. And that could be 10, 12 points. And then it's really, really hard to gun that down. I'd argue points are, are much more of a hot commodity when you're lower down the field on average. So, and Nick's a, Nick's a, a very good driver. He, you know, he won a Formula E title. Um, his one-off appearance was about as good as you could reasonably hope for an emergency stand-in. I like it. I don't think it's ridiculous. I don't know how you feel about it, Kieran, but I'm going to go, I'm going to go mild on the scale. I think there's a lot of question marks about the state of the field um, on this one. So I I think there's enough there to make me think it's not that crazy a take. For the benefit of the listeners at home, and de- definitely not because I've forgotten what the scale is, could you just go through the scale again, yeah. just to so remind me, please? Cold, mild, tangy, hot, and spicy. This is like a level two. This is like a milder Anandos. Basically, I I, I want to go hot because of how much I believe in Piastri, but I'm going to scale it back to Tangi because it's not because I doubt De Vries at all. Mm. I think driving level, I'm not saying there's a huge amount between them, but I just don't see it happening personally. Yeah. 
Okay, yeah, I could see a tangy. I could certainly see an argument for tangy on that one. I can say tangy's just a fun word. Yeah, it's just a fun word. Say it. it. Is. Say tangy. Tangy. It's, it's 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 a fun word. Yeah, it's like it was, tangy. It's like oh hello, um, <laughs> but uh, yeah yeah, I, I I would lean a little bit more towards mild. I think there's a lot of variables in there that I think makes it. You could see an argument there certainly. Um, so. Okay, let's go to take number two. It's from at Twitter at Rubyology. Uh, forgive me if I've mispronounced that, uh, Rubyology. And he says, quote, Fred Vassar will not succeed as Ferrari team principal. He is a bland appointment, which will cause the team to stagnate due to a lack of ambition. Wow. Oh. There's, there's a lot there. One more time. Fred Vassar will not succeed as Ferrari team principal. He is a bland appointment, which will cause the team to stagnate due to a lack of ambition. Did Carl Sainz send that one? Send that one <laughs> what, um, oh, wow. That's it's a very seething take. Um, mm. I, it's difficult because I kind of agree with one aspect of the statement, but not the rest of it. In what I, sense? I don't think the appointment of Fred Vasseur is going to make Ferrari succeed. But equally, I wouldn't refer to him as a bland appointment that shows a lack of ambition. Right. I my my issue with Ferrari, and you know, I think it, this it's been covered a lot on this podcast before. Mm. Um, I think the issue is so much deeper and so it's so deeper rooted and so much higher than just a team principle. My problem, I, I don't ever believe Benotto was the reason Ferrari weren't successful. I didn't see him as a particularly motivational leader. No. I didn't see him as a particularly good man manager. But to put the blame for Ferrari's mistakes, like repeatedly over however many years now, I, I think is naive. And it's, I'd equate it a bit to football, where mm. if you lose six games in a row, you get rid of the manager and that's meant to fix everything. But often you can have a little burst of improvement, but then it goes downhill again. It's so easy to pin things on team principles. And I think Ferrari's issues are rooted in the culture surrounding the team. This mm. it's it's being so passionate about tradition, but maybe not embracing modernization in a way that will actually keep you up with a Red Bull, which they are just brutal. They yeah. are ruthless. Mm. Mercedes have a lot of that too. And I just don't see Ferrari's having those teeth. So I think I think Fred Fazer himself is much less bland than Bonotto. I think he's a character, he's mm. an interesting guy, but I think Ferrari's problems are much deeper rooted than the team principal. Yeah, um, chat's going tangy. The majority okay. saying tangy. Okay. I'm inclined. They just like saying the word tangy. I think I think that might be part of the problem. But uh, no, I mean, I, I I kind of agree with where Kieran's going on this. I'm first and foremost. I mean, I wouldn't say. The Fred Vassar signing is bland. He, I think he did an excellent job at Alfa Romeo last season. I think that um, in terms of how the season played out, I think Alfa Romeo had a pretty brave strategy. They were going to come in with a really light car, cash in on the, the points early as teams struggled to take the weight off their cars of these new regulations. And it worked. They got a massive amount of points early on. And then essentially... By the time the season played off, the rest of the midfield teams couldn't catch up and they ended up sixth overall. That's a great season for Alfa Romeo. That's way better than what they were last year. So it, I think it worked. It was a it was a bold strategy, but I think it paid off more than anything else. And um, given the Ferrari ties and the Ferrari links, I think it makes sense 
to move Fred up the ladder. I think he's deserved the crack at a, at a really big team. And even then, I mean, it's hard to determine like how good a leader someone's going to be before they've even started. Different leadership and management styles um, work with certain people and certain teams differently. Again, there's a lot of variables there. I've, I like Fred Vassar. I think he's always been pretty outspoken. He's not been afraid to speak his mind. I love the fact that when his uh, an announce, the announcement came about his appointment, he uh, even swore. He dropped an F-bomb in there saying, I'm not here to figure out you know, what went well. I want to figure out what went badly. And I think combining that with your point about how, um, you know, what's the best way to be wording this? Um, the, the way that the team struggles are almost across the board, a technical standpoint, the tire wear issues they had last year, the power unit issues they had, the strategy issues. One man can't fix all that on his own, um, in my opinion. I think there is more fundamental problems um, with them at the moment than just... Um, bringing in a new team principal and thinking he's just going to fix everything. It's very football-esque. It's like, oh, bring in a new manager. You know, you get a nice little spurt of results quickly and then, you know, figure it out. Uh, you know, and then when when it goes down or when it goes south a little bit, that, uh, you know, just bring in another guy and that will solve the problem. And the cycle just keeps repeating itself. I, I'm, and I, I hope that isn't the same way that works out for Alfa Romeo. So I don't know how you feel about it, Kieran, but I'm going to go hot on this one. I think... I don't think there's anything there to suggest that Fred is bland or is unambitious at all to me. I'm going to agree with you. I'm going to go with that. Yeah, I, I think there's enough there to make that not quite spicy. Mm. That is the top one, isn't it? Just remind me, spicy yeah, is the most yeah, yeah. cool. Um, but th there is enough wildness that I disagree with to make me think it, it's hot. It's very hot. Yeah, we're agreed on that one. Hot it is for that one. So, Ribiology, uh, uh, you could certainly call that a classified... Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial, LLC, member SIPC. Hot take. Uh, so let's go to take number three here. Um, and it's from uh, the Chronic Nerd at the Chronic Nerd. And this is a this is a quick one. It's, it's, it's short. It's brief and it's to the point. It's Red Bull's car will be bad this season. <laughs> Love it. Um, spicy. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> what okay if this is coming from the angle of oh red bull have got the like, cost cap breach penalties coming into play i mean it's not like they won't really affect 2023 so maybe 2024 that would be less of a realistic what am i trying to say that that might be more possible in 2024 but 2023 i mean red bull once they got going the season they were out of sight they are so well managed um, they've got the best driver on the grid at the moment. I'm going to go out there and make a statement about Max Verstappen very that, early on. That is a hot take, but I think that's one that I think a lot of people would probably agree with. Yeah, <laughs> and it's it's not at all. Just to clarify early on, that's not at all to say Lewis Hamilton also isn't amazing a driver. I just absolutely we get we we'll get that clarified from the top. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, there's no bias here whatsoever. No. But it, I know this isn't about the driver, but in terms of the car, I mean, you've got Adrian Newey knows exactly what he's doing. 
they nailed it. Like they how far ahead that car was at the end of last year. Sure, you've got Mercedes sort of coming up the ranks, but this, this is, isn't a question about this. That's this is implying that the Red Bull's suddenly just going to drop off. And with the same regs, I no no. I'm going spicy. I'm, I'm locking in spicy, Dre. I'm locking in spicy. Wow, like that, that, that was that was the that was quick. Um, Can I also and- lock in incorrect as well? Is that an option? Might be, might be. Um, yeah, look, I would what I would say to that is um <laughs> there is something to that with the cost cap situation. I mean, they have they are gonna have a lot less CFD and wind tunnel time for next season compared to their direct rivals, i.e. Ferrari and, and obviously Mercedes. I would probably throw in that elite group of three at the moment. However, Red Bull did also stop developing their car in Belgium last season. Like they were already all in pretty much from the start um, of the, of the summer break, essentially. So Red Bull's probably already got a good heads up on next year's car as it is. And this car, this past season was outstanding. One of the best we've ever seen. I think it was what 17 wins on the year out of 22 by any measure. That's one of the, very, very top end cars in F1 history. Um, that's an incredible mark, and that's they they ran over everybody else in terms of competition. Um, so for me, it's hard for me to go anything other than spicy on this one. I think this is an absolutely wild take. I I can't sit there with a clear conscience and think that Red Bull's car will be bad. I think I certainly think the field will catch up down the road. Um, it's a law of diminishing returns sort of sport. The teams often catch up in the end anyway, and I think it will hurt them down the road, but just not quite yet. Maybe 2024. So you sticking with uh, Spicy, Kieran? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I would say, like, in an ideal world, world, I wish it was a little bit worse this season mm. to make things a bit more even, but I just I don't see it happening necessarily. No, so I'm, I'm yeah. a spicy boy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Way to introduce yourself to the new audience. Call Absolutely. Yourself... Go I, want, I just want to get memed. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, yeah, and, and the chat agrees. 48% say spicy. I'm inclined to agree with them on that one. I think it's a, I think it's that, a spicy That's stage. so low. What are you... The 52%, <laughs> what are they... What, do you know what the other results are? Um, it was a bit all over the place, but a lot... I think people may have misjudged the scale, like cold takers and some of the other might agree with. But, you okay. know, it, it's... it's. I think I think it's a very spicy take indeed, yeah. if, you, if, I, if I do say so myself. Um, so, yeah, I think that's going to be a very spicy take. I don't think Red Bull's going to be bad at all all right let's get into take number four and take number four is from uh chiara williman i want to say that is um as the at again forgive me if i got the pronunciation wrong i do struggle with names a little bit but the take runs as follows part of aldi's plan is to hire andreas seidel to convince lando norris to join them in 2026 Ooh, that's an interesting one. One more time. A part of Audi's plan is to hire Andreas Seidel to convince Lando to join them in 2026. Oh, it's that's difficult. I know mm. I, I'm probably going to say that a lot of times on Hot Take Wednesdays. That's mm. difficult mm. because I can see why a big advantage of bringing him on board would be the potential to incorporate Lando at a later date. I can see why that would be a benefit, but I also don't think you sign a team principal years in advance for that purpose. Like, 
you're, that would essentially be writing off any other level of importance. Obviously, we know he's he's very good at his job. He knows the game. But it would be a bold move to bring someone on board for that purpose entirely. Mm. And I think, look, 2026 is the year a lot of people are talking about with Lando. Sort of like, where's he going to be going? Is he going to stay with McLaren? Will McLaren have reached the demands he has by that point? And that's something I personally don't think will happen. I think he should be looking for a move away. But I think personally it should be earlier. I think he's we're wasting years of a very, very, very talented driver. And I would just to be honest, it's more out of selfishness. I want to see him <laughs> in a race winning car consistently. I really want to see how good he is, because we have an idea. Yeah. But I, I can see why Audi would or any team would make Lando a top priority. And that's a year that would make sense. But I also don't think essentially sacrificing what is it, two three seasons of Formula One just to get to that point. Because anything can happen in three years. Sure. So I, I, I can't see that being the main reason. Yeah, I I think Lando should be thinking bigger. I mean, don't get me wrong. Audi is exciting, of course. We all love the fact that a big name brand and a big name you know, power unit manufacturer is coming over in three years' time with the new set of regulations. Um and I get it why they would target Lando. Obviously, the sidle connection is obviously there. He, he, I think he generally has done good work at McLaren as team principal. I think they spun their wheels up a little bit this past season. Losing that fight to, to Alpine was not ideal. Um, I know they're in the process of building a new wind tunnel, so they are putting resources down to try and improve, but that's not going to be for a little while yet. And in the meantime, I think Lando Norris has met just about every requirement you could ask of a of a guy that's driving. Let's be honest, a, a, a mid a midfield level upper midfield level car. Um, I think last season he was seventh or better, something like 13, 14 times last season. He was incredibly consistent. He got pretty much the maximum out of that McLaren pretty much week in, week out. He smacked around Daniel Ricciardo, which I don't think anybody expected him to do when his signing was announced a couple of years ago. He's meeting every requirement you could ask. So I would say, some and a couple of guys in the chat have said this, and I agree with them, Mercedes should be all over this. Like Lewis Hamilton is 38. I'm sure he's got another extension coming, but you don't expect guys to normally go into their 40s. That's rare in F1. Um, we don't know how long he's got left um, in terms of his, of his career and his prime, how long he's motivated for. But it, the, of, I reckon of all the guys in the big six, that could be the next major domino to fall. And if that were to happen for Mercedes, I think Lando Norris should absolutely be top of their list. And I agree with you, Kieran. I don't think you sign team principals exclusively to bring in drivers. I thought they brought inside because I thought he was a darn good principal. One of the best in the sport, not so much so they can go get Lando. They can go get Lando anyway. They're 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 Audi. They're a huge brand name. Um, they I'm sure they've got a lot of clout, and I'm sure they'll throw a lot of money into it to try and get up the field. And yeah, any I think any team in the field should be eyeing up Lando, not just mm. Audi. So I would say, I'd say hot as a take. Yeah. Um, I, I'm leaning towards there on that one. What do you reckon? Well, could I just add on one more thought as well. I just had sure quick one sort of. If he, Lando's part of a project that he's committed to at the moment. If mm. that fails and he was to move, why would he go to another project? I know there'll be money and back in. It's a fair point. He, he deserves a top card at that point. So, yeah, I'm going to go hot also. I, I'm just going to agree with you. I, I'm just a, a hot boy. 
Yeah, yeah, that's I think that's a pretty hot take. I, I I think that's I don't think there's enough there to suggest that this is a plan purely for Lando Norris because no. I think everybody should be thinking that way anyway. Right. So let's go with our final take of the episode. And the take number five. The final take is from Alex underscore sports one. Hi, Alex. Your take is, and I think this one's directed at you accidentally, Kieran. Quote. Aston Martin can't be considered a serious team with aspirations with Lance Straw being guaranteed a seat because of his father. Oh, Alex. Please don't take this one personally, Kieran. Oh, um, look. <laughs> look. Um, you've put me in a very difficult position here, Alex, because I kind of agree with one thing you're saying, but I don't agree with the general gist of it. Mm. So I, I, I think it, it's never... It's not the healthiest thing, and bear in mind, I love you, Lance. If you're listening, I love you. It's not the healthiest thing to have guaranteed seat status. I think that is something generally, whatever team it was, if it's your guaranteed this seat, whatever happens, you you naturally will lose some sort of drive and motivation. I'm not saying you not caring about racing in Formula One anymore, but there's no there's nothing giving you a kick up the backside, keeping you trying to do your best. However, I think the implication is that Lance doesn't deserve a seat. And I don't agree with this. And this is something I've had a lot as a Lance Stroll fan in the last year, uh, by which I mean six months. <laughs> I, I genuinely believe he is an underrated driver and gets a lot of stick just because his dad owns a team. Sure. Um, I, I think it is, compared to his performance and things we have seen him do and things he is capable of, I don't think it's fair. And I think there's drivers who go well under the radar who perform much more much more inconsistently than him who mm. get no stick. It's just because he's labelled daddy's boy. Like, dad owns a team, he's safe. That's why we'll attack him for it. I th- I honestly think the Aston Martin is going to make massive improvements this year. And this isn't me doing a bit. It's not me playing a character. Mm. And I said, I gave Dre a very bold prediction the other day, which I might not pr- repeat fully here. Oh, But, but I see Aston Martin moving up the grid this year. I see Lance Stroll moving up the grid this year. And let's not forget, that start in Japan is the sexiest thing I have ever seen. Um, I've lived a <laughs> sheltered life. Um, but yes, I, I I agree with what you're saying about keeping a seat religiously and having no problems. But I don't agree with the implication that Lance doesn't deserve it necessarily. Um, the chat are probably yeah. furious at me, aren't they? <laughs> Split, I think, is the phrase we'll go with. <laughs> um, I this is a difficult one because, on the one hand, I think the way we talk about evaluating driver talent, it's very easy to pin it on Lance because of his dad and his dad's ownership. It's we can't talk about silly seasons with Lance because you know his seat is secure as long as he wants it, as long as his dad wants it, and that's probably going to make the audience a bit more cynical regarding him because he's safe essentially. And I don't think Stroll is the worst driver in F1, not even close to that. I think to a degree, I think he does get a bit of a, of a hard time sometimes, but I also think he's done six seasons. Like a part of me thinks, is this it for Lance Stroll? Like he's, I don't think he's ever massively stood out as a driver over a whole season. He's had a few highlights here and there. He's had a handful of really solid drives. He was very good 
Um, obviously, towards the end of his racing point time, would always have Turkey in that pole position, for example. So he can do it. I think there's certainly upside to Lance overall as a driver, but I think the circumstances of his career is going to naturally make people point more in a negative light towards him. Now, Aston Martin have certainly been you know, unafraid to throw the house at big name talent, Sebastian Vettel, obviously they brought in, that probably was a bit of a disappointment overall. He had some good drives for them, but the team and the car is still solidly in the midfield. Um, they've brought in Fernando Alonso. He had, I think he was very, very good at Alpine last season. Still a very solid driver, even at age 40, um, 41 years of age, he's still very strong. But if they're going to challenge the big name teams at some point, you, know, you, you look at the top name teams now, Sainz and Leclerc, not far apart from each other. R George Russell is very close to Hamilton, in my opinion. I think he was pretty near to Lewis all the way through last season. Like, you need a second big hitter at some point um, to give yourself a better chance of challenging the big teams. Because, you know, you could argue at the higher level, they could be hemorrhaging points um, if... You know, they end up going up against stronger competition, even if the car does come a long way or if it does improve down the road, the driver lineup could be seen as a weakness going forward. Um, Stroll, I think, is OK. I don't think he's spectacular. I think this might be his ceiling as a driver. Um, so I would say as an overall take, I would say. I'd say this is. Ooh, this is tough. Don't I would, it, I, I would say this is pretty mild. I would say mild. I, I, I largely kind of get the sentiment that Alex is coming from here, um, and I, I'm not convinced that Stroll's going to be the guy that eventually Aston Martin probably need him to be. <laughs> what I'll say, Alex, and you can quote me on this at the end of the year. Mm -hmm. I'm going spicy. And he's going to finish top, <laughs> top 10 in the drivers this year. Oh, wow. Both Alonso and Stroll, top 10. Okay. Okay. You, you heard it here first, chat. We'll come back to this at the end of the season in December. You heard it here first. Kieran has, has gone for top 10 in the championship for Lance Stroll by the end of the year. Yeah. I'm not going to lie to you, Kieran. Um, I'm not Aston Martin P5. I, I'm not holding out much hope for you. That that I, is, that is a spicier take than what Alex has just put down there. <laughs> the, the, the thing is, what you need to understand, Dre, is that I don't I don't need people to think this takes not hot because I know it deep within inside me. Us Lance Stroll fans, we're constantly fighting against this kind of thing. We know <laughs> it's going to come, and we will be there on Judgment Day, saying mm. we were right. Who is this we you speak of? It's mostly <laughs> it's mostly just me, but there's some people watch my videos, so. Maybe some of them as well. Yeah, I I love that the chat basically said in unison, "Clip that." So uh, that totally will not be used against you down the road. I just thought I'd I'd, I'd put you at ease before we uh, wrap up for the evening. Well, I, th um, I, thought, I, I thought I'd just come in and make as many bold claims as possible to distract from the horrific week it's been. <laughs> <laughs> we have tried certainly. Um, that'll do it for hot takes wednesday this week we'll be back obviously next week feel free to send in your hot takes to us on social media at wtf1 official again you can follow us on on social media our, our twitter usernames are below us uh, at dre underscore wtf1 at kieran wtf1 uh come come along and say hi 
please be nice to us. <laughs> uh, we, we hope anyway. Um, just want to say thank you all very much for listening. And in case you all got some Twitch as well, watching along. And uh, yeah, we'll uh, we'll call it a night on that one. Thank you very much for listening and we'll see you guys soon. Bye. Bye.